Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. Welcome back. Happy Muse Monday. Yes. So we're very excited to have a friend here. But I'm going to actually read his bio because before we went on air. I, uh, I Before you get into that bio, I'm so excited that I actually get to hang out with one of my oldest friends. <laughs> even though even though it's like, you know, a very professional podcast. All of you. Oh, listen, we're so professional. All of you listening out there know that. <laughs> but I am, I'm actually also using this as like my own little selfish. Hangout uh, time. Yeah, hangout time <laughs> with, with Corey. And so... Now, why don't you go into the bio and tell everyone who Corey Murphy is? Yes. Yeah, so Corey Murphy, not only is he um, a dear friend of ours, but I read his bio before we went on live on air and I found out some new things about him. Oh, yeah? So check this out. Okay. Whip it. Murph was born and raised in Hawaii and is a small business success story. He's the author of the book called The Aloha Money Machine, Nine Steps for Creating a Business Money-Making Machine. He has also owned and operated seven different businesses in his lifetime, including a manufacturing, service, wholesale, online, import, retail, and real estate businesses. Since successfully selling his service business and becoming financially free at 31 years old, he has had a passion to teach others this formula called the Aloha Money Machine. He is also a professional speaker and coach who trains people on the fundamentals of starting and growing a business for profit. Bam. I mean, is this like the most professional we've ever been here at Rebel and Muse? <laughs> I I feel richer just by having Corey here. I know. I'm, who is that guy? Who is that guy? <laughs> so let's talk about how you guys know each other. It's a long story. Do we have time for this? Oh, yeah. We totally have time. Yep. I know. I know. I know. Okay. Go go tell them, tell them how we know each other. <laughs> so we know each other from the Big Island, Kailua Kona. Uh-huh. And we went to school yes. together. Which school? Uh, Kalake was no. the first school. Konawina. 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 Yeah. Highest pregnancy rate in the nation in 1995. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. And so we played soccer together. We mm-hmm. we um, went to high school together. I was a big fan of Pepper back in the day in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. That's so funny. Pepper's been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. That was our older our older stuff. It was really good, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yacht rock. <laughs> so um, I met Corey in mechanical drawing class. That was above shop uh, in... I think it was 94 is when I think, I think 94, yeah, 94 yeah. something around there. Mm-hmm. And um, Murph has always been like the classic, just not only like the best looking guy in the school, but just the <laughs> coolest guy. Like he like is always just so leveled and mellow and just awesome. Anyone who knows Murph, you, you absolutely completely ha- have to agree and, and understand that. And, um, when uh when he used to see pepper in the 70s actually <laughs> actually it was 1999 when we first moved over here yeah. um cory was my, my my first boss in the mainland oh yeah so Chirpy. so we were um so basically we wouldn't allow ourselves the three of us brett uh ye and i to get jobs so if we weren't playing music we were not eating that was mm-hmm. like the whole deal for right. the three of us okay 
except for Yi because he started selling so much weed and me and Brett were like, damn, that's such a good idea. <laughs> um, and then, so what happened was is I would hit up Corey. He's like, hey, do you need a hand with any of your businesses? And he's like, actually, you know, I got some teak and stuff. I, I got to move. And I'm like, okay. And I used to jump in the truck with Murph and he used to pay me under the table. IRS, don't worry. He used to pay me <laughs> under the table cash and I used to help move teak furniture. That Man. is awesome. Sounds like a long time ago. It was yeah. a long time ago, but because of you, you kept me alive by uh, uh, feeding me burritos and, and giving me money to, to be here still. So I'm nope. forever in debt to you, Murph. Thanks. <laughs> that was a good, that was a really good time. Yeah. A good time in life. I remember you, you, you saw it and Brett came over and you guys were just like learning, just learning music yeah. and just learning songs and getting off the ground and, yeah. and just to see where you have gone, you know, is just incredible. Pepper is, is, I'm such a huge fan of Pepper and it's such a big motivation to see where you are and where you've gone. And, um, yeah, it started all. It started all moving furniture, I guess. Kind yeah. of. Well, it started <laughs> you kept mechanical him alive. drawings. Bro. Started mechanical yeah, I, drawings. Yeah, yeah. I, I fell in love with you first in mechanical drawings, <laughs> uh, and Kulana. Yeah. yeah. So basically, what you're saying is we have Corey Murphy to thank for the band <laughs> no, staying not. together, because otherwise you guys would have got jobs. So yeah. Basically yeah. You, basically, you, yeah. Without he allowed Corey, you to eat. Well, yeah, and Corey was a <laughs> huge cornerstone in not only like giving us, you know substance to 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 eat and, and some money to to live but he used to bring so many people to all the shows when we were playing like hana sushi bar mm-hmm. or neiman's canes or canes mm-hmm. he used to bring all of his friends because Corey was living up here for a moment before we moved up mm-hmm. here a couple years yeah, yeah. santa and, barbara first and then to san diego right right and then all those santa barbara days like you know Corey was a huge part of just bringing people getting bodies into the building and allowing us an audience to play for That's so awesome. it goes so deep it yeah. goes really really deep and i'm actually so happy that we get to talk about this because it's a subject that you know back in the day it's like it was back in the day, but when you actually get into the momentum of talking about it again, it really brings all of these things to light. Like Corey says, like, look where we ran with it. Yeah. And then now here we have Corey and look where he has ran Mm -hmm. because this is what I want to get into as well, because it's not just the hanging out, chatting on, on a, a podcast. This is a real special event. Of yeah. What you don't get to doing. just hang out with your buddy. Yeah, I know. Right. We got to talk about it some other like things that. too. <laughs> there, there's so much we can talk about. Too. Right. I yeah. just, when you were talking, there's so a flood of memories <laughs> that memories. came by and it, we could go, we can go any direction. I just want to say real quick, I'm so proud of you guys. And thank you so much for mm-hmm. allowing me to be on this podcast. I was waiting. When am I going to be invited? But thank you <laughs> so yes. much. And I think the reason why I, why I like it, I think probably why your your listeners like it, is because the interaction between you two are, is great. Oh, and you. I'm finding thank more you. and more the success of a relationship really has to do with communication mm. and how well you communicate. And if you listen to each other, you know, and this is the natural, this is, this is basically how you talk, yeah. you know, when the <laughs> mic's not on. It's and, right, right. Yeah. And you're able to play and you're able to joke and you're able to have serious questions and uh, serious comments and conversations and you guys survive. So I'm really, thank, thank you, you for, thank you, brother Murph. Yeah. You've been amazing. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm tearing up. I know. Um, and you know what, too? It's like it's just like a mirror, man. Everything that you're seeing is, you know, just a reflection of you in, in that sense. And that's why I'm just so excited that, 
it did take a while for you to get here on this podcast, but also I wouldn't have picked a better, more appropriate time with all of the things that you've been doing. Now it's the time to really discuss and get into it. Like that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah. 2020, everybody's thinking about their goals. How are we going to make 2020 the best year? Mm -hmm. I dropped this new book, the Aloha money machine. And it's all about creating a business into an asset. So I'm glad, I'm happy to, to talk about this, talk about money and talk about success. And then back to success real quick, if I can talk to, about yeah. you individually, Mel, you know, like I, I saw where you came from and where you're selling, um, you're selling, can I talk, say yeah. that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I've announced it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, but what about the surf company before that? Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, I worked for, well, yeah, no, I, I won't say the name okay. of it. But, right, <laughs> right. But, just but I was very unhappy right. in mm-hmm. my job. It, was, it wasn't a career, it was a job. Right. Yeah, for about seven years. Mm-hmm. And then when that all dissolved, was able to open up the studio. Right, right. right. Yeah. You had a mission, you had a plan, mm-hmm. you became a yoga instructor and then mm-hmm. opened up your own business with a partner. Right. And then a few, what is it, about a couple months ago, you called me, said, yeah. I'm thinking about selling my business. Yeah, you, you were, any- so, thank you so much for that. So Danielle and I, my business partner, uh, well, now now friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was always my friend, but I don't have to say business partner anymore. Um, we called Corey and just, you know, Corey has helped her buy and sell houses. Um, he's helped a lot of our friends buy and sell houses. Mm-hmm. And we just know he's such a great businessman. So we called him for some support and some guidance on, you know, what should we do? We're gonna we're thinking about selling the business. And it was just such a valuable phone call. So much good information. And we ended up selling and it's it's been Amazing. Successfully. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And you should be really proud because that is Thank a huge you. achievement. Not a lot of people will be able to achieve that. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the reasons why I wrote this book is because people have to think about business differently. And mm-hmm. this this book tells a different approach to business. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah. Let's dive in. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So what was your motivation to, to write this book? So the motivation, I guess, uh, for the book is that uh, the number one thing is that I just love business. With all my heart, I just love, love business. And the reason why is, is because it's the equalizer. It's the equalizer to all people. doesn't matter if you come from money, you don't come from money, what color you are, what creed, what religion. It doesn't matter because if you have the foresight and you work on your business, you can be successful. And that's what I love about business. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote this book. Another reason that, that I wrote this book is that I had this grandfather. And I call him my rich grandfather in the book. And I basically tell his story and how he became way successful. And he was always this bigger than life man. Mm. He was just like this incredible person that bond sold businesses. He had a Learjet before people had Learjets. Mm -hmm. He had multiple businesses in the book. There's a picture of him standing in front of a board. And behind the board, there's all these little post-it notes. There's probably about 50 of them. And the post-it notes indicate the businesses that he was involved with. And and it's all across the the world. He was doing business with Asia before people were doing business with Asia. Now it's a common thing, but Mm -hmm. he was doing, he was like the, he was like the, you know, doing like crazy things before anybody else was doing it. Right. And he, his whole thing was he would build businesses that were super successful that could be sold. And so that, that's his, that was his main premise. And I, growing up and, and, if I digress a little bit, mm-hmm. growing up, I didn't come from money. There was no family business. There was no inheritance. 
Um, but what there was was this man that had the same blood as me that he started poor and he became super successful. So I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same thing. Wow, I never really knew this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that was my motivation for, uh, for business. So those are the two things. Um, but another thing that I, that I have to tell you why I love business so much is because at an early age, I was born on, in Molokai, mm-hmm. Hawaii, and my dad was a Paniolo. And he grew weed in the hills, and my awesome. mom, my mom made her own clothes, and um, they had a good life. But it was a little bit slow for my mom, so they moved to California, okay. and they got a divorce. And I was living, you know, half of my time with my dad, half of my time with my mom, and it was a really difficult time. It was really, especially difficult with my dad. Um, we were living in like just shitty little apartment, no refrigerator, mm-hmm. and that lasted for a little bit, and then he actually didn't have enough money for that. And so we moved to his friend's house and we're staying in the living room. So I know what it's like not to have money. And also too, on my mom's side, they started a business, they had a business, um, my mom and my stepdad, and then they filed for bankruptcy. So Mm -hmm. it didn't work out. You know, business is not a foolproof kind of plan. And so it didn't work out for them. It was a very difficult time, but to make it worse, is that around that time I was struggling in school. I was having a really, really hard time. And I was falling way behind from, uh, from my classmates. And the reason why is that I, was, I got diagnosed by um, having a learning disability, mm. uh, dyslexia. And that really, really like changed my course because I thought, okay, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to start a business, you know, the, the normal kind of path for, mm-hmm. that most people take. And for me, that wasn't going to be the path. I mean, I was, you know, people were calling me stupid. People were calling me, you know, um, dumb. And how can someone that's dumb and stupid really be successful? And so I didn't know what to do. And I was very, um, I was depressed. You know, I was was living in the mainland. I should be in Hawaii. How old are you at this time? I was six years old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of drama around that time. And I had this friend named Nolan that didn't even know how to swim. I mean, I like, I love the ocean. He didn't even know how to swim. So everything (laughs) was kind of coming down. And I really thought about it. And and what I thought about is the only way that I can truly be successful, the only way that I could be successful is if I started a business. And I had that mindset that I was going to follow the same footsteps as my great-grandfather and be successful. I was going to do in business. And I was serious. Um, And it was difficult. It was difficult because being diagnosed as um, having a learning disability, you know, a lot of people don't know, you know, the right course and how to do it, especially back then. And I was in, I was in classrooms where there was severely handicapped people there, you know, Mm -hmm. they couldn't talk, they couldn't walk, they couldn't even speak. They were like drooling. That was my classmates. Mm. Wow. You know, that was my peers. That was my, we're doing the same work as someone that was mentally, mentally challenged. Mm -hmm. And um, it was tough because I was like, man, I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I have big dreams. I, I, I don't feel like I'm, you know, I don't feel like I'm stupid. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so since then, I've worked. I've worked hard. You know, nothing that I, that I got came easy. And, um, you know, the book is a perfect example. It took me five years to write this, <laughs> this book. But I really yeah. want to paint the picture. I want people to kind of hear the story. And hopefully that sparks an interest and hopefully that gives them some ideas on how to build a business that will last and that, you know, you could possibly sell. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I like how you say it's build a business that you can sell, mm-hmm. even if you have no, you know, no um, idea that you want to sell it. 
Right. Right. So right. it is sellable. Totally. But you don't have to sell if you don't want Just to. Just making it the best business as you can. And right. then when it's time to sell, it kind of like allows itself to be known that way. Yeah. Because I had no intentions of selling my business for you know, when I started it for years and then all of a sudden it was just, you know, it's time. It's time yeah. to move on and do something else. Yeah. And luckily the business was sellable. Right. You know, so right. it did create right. that. But I like, I like where Murph's going with this too, because we start businesses because you get so excited mm-hmm. about something. So this is like your baby, yeah. like your passion. And so I like what you're saying to build businesses that you could sell. Mm-hmm. you know and because your passion might change yeah yeah no, and, and <laughs> you get only, another a great idea we get so wrapped up in the business that we make be it it should define who we are but in this case it's just about building a business that you're passionate about and then being able to sell it once you get it to such a point where it becomes uh, someone else's passion Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. And there's another aspect is that a lot of people get burnt out because yeah. they do all the work. You know, they're, they're the sole provider of the business. And I really believe that if you can't step back, you don't really own a business, you own a job. I mean, yeah, you're yeah. basically... Wow, good, good, good way to word it, buddy. <laughs> right. You're basically, if you don't work, you don't eat. Um, for example, that moving company. <laughs> right. That moving yeah. company, if, you know, I got hurt a couple of times, I couldn't pay my bills. Mm. And that was very difficult. And, right. But once I s- took a step back and then did a few things to organize my business correctly, I was able to delegate and I was able to build a business that could be sold and a build a business that was an asset versus, you know, sometimes even a liability as a business. Mm-hmm. But people have a dream. They want to, they want to exactly. s- start a business and they feel like they can do a job better probably than their boss. Mm-hmm. And they start it. And, but the problem with that is that People like, let's take, for example, a mechanic, a mechanic, super good. They can fix any car and they think, okay, well, I'm going to start my own business. It's going to be super successful. So they go into a business, they start fixing cars, but they find out that although they're really great at fixing the car, they're not good at business. Mm -hmm. You know, their business falls apart and maybe it doesn't survive. A lot of times it won't survive. Right. They have to step back. They have to step back and then train their employees to do the job that they can do so they can, he can figure out how to make this a, a real business, mm-hmm. a real business that lasts, that he does not, he's not doing all the work, or she right. he's not mm-hmm. doing all the work. Why do you think most businesses fail? I think there's a, there's a couple aspects. I, I would like to talk about um, the one aspect that I spend a lot of time on is the highest and be- best use of my time. I always think about what's the highest and best use of my time. And as you open a business and as you go through growing the business and hopefully eventually you sell the business, there's different different time levels. Or I, I should say there's different um, different aspects where you can use your highest and best use of time. For example, if you're just starting the business, if you're just you know getting out the gates and opening up your first business, you have to focus on making money. If the business doesn't make money, you're not going to survive. Right. And that's the number one thing. A lot of people spend so much time on websites and social media and they, and they, you know, they want to learn code and they want to do all this to the business when in reality they could hire somebody on Fiverr for five Mm -hmm. bucks to make their website probably a little bit more than five bucks, but (laughs) it's getting to the point though. Yeah. Right. And they don't, they don't really think about the highest and best use of your time for real estate. 
what I found is the highest and best use of my time as a real estate agent was to to talk to people, talk to people that were actually buying and selling homes. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the people. If I could get around those people, my success greatly increased um, yes. ver- versus, you know, building my, my website and mm-hmm. making the perfect video. It's nice, but that's not going to, you know, drive your business forward. So that's in the beginning stages. And then as you grow, you have to work on getting leads, consistent leads and developing a system. Um, there's different there's different levels of using your highest and best use of time. And I think that's a really important thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, efficient, efficiency with time is incredible. What kind of tools do you use to to keep yourself in, um, in accordance with that uh, from day to day? Perfect example, Melanie just got this cube and it's a little dice looking thing. And each side of it, of the die has a number 30, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes, mm-hmm. 10 minutes kind it's of thing. time cube. It's a time yeah. cube. And so if she has like a project or she has something that she's gonna you know, focus on for that, she'll just hit that cube on that certain amount of time. What kind of tools like, do you have any tools like that? that you, I do. Okay, that I do. Use, yeah. I have a morning routine and what I do in the morning routine is that I do a little yoga, I do a little meditation, I read. Um, but one of the tools that I use is a daily planner. Mm-hmm. And I created this daily planner yes. and it's basically <laughs> it, there's this little section where what's your intention, who you're grateful for. Um, there's a call log too, because I really believe talking to those people, like I said, mm-hmm. no matter what business you are talking to those key employees or customers are really important. So there's a call log so you can log how many calls that you've made throughout the day. And then it's a time schedule. So you can say exactly what you're going to do in those time block. That's a, in the coaching world, the time block is mm-hmm. a, is a really big um, word. Yes. And so that's the daily planner as I use pretty consistently to keep really focus on the highest and best use of my time. Focus. That's my word. 2020. Mm-hmm. Perfect yeah, we're, vision. We're very big planner fans. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Right now I have a lion that is really, it's a fun one to do, but we've been doing this for, for a really long time. And just to have those tools though, to keep you um, accountable. Yeah. Really, really help, you know, mm-hmm. instead of like, Oh, I don't know how many of you guys have like ever got the notification of your screen time on your phone. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> I never want to look at that again. That's like just that is just like shaming. You, yeah. I, yeah. My phone, Siri shames me. I know. It's like, oh. <laughs> I was on Instagram for how long? Right. But to have that time cube or to have that, um, that daily sheet that you use, like those are incredible like little tools. And I, I love that, that maximizing the efficiency of your day and your, in your time. You gotta, yeah. you gotta have that. If you, if you plan to have a, a higher kind of, um, consciousness mm-hmm. you know and really make the most of the day and especially lead your business into success you got to have certain things like that right absolutely yeah so with the book aloha money machine there's nine steps so on the cover it says nine steps to creating a business money making machine what if you don't have time to do all the nine but you had time to do only one or do <laughs> yeah. they are they interchangeable can you start at four or can you flip through the book <laughs> well all nine are, are really good, but, <laughs> but I would say if you only have time for one, I think it comes back to what I said earlier is that you have to focus on making money. If the business does not make money, you don't survive. You will not survive. So you have to sustain that. You have to figure out where the business makes money and then you have to uh, make it consistent. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, so for, 
Um, what, what I've done in the past is that uh, I figured out where leads are coming from and I figure out the demographic for, for the leads who are actually the people that are going to buy. And then I target those people. And then if I can target those people consistently, I will get business, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, consistent. Right. And that's, and that's a big part of it. But money is really, that's why I think it's so important, it, especially in the title, the, the Aloha Money Machine. You know, it's kind of cheesy. I, no one really likes to talk about money. But I really think that money this is is such a huge part, and it should be talked about. It's not an evil word, or no. it's not I a gross totally word. Totally agree. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's something that uh, will give you happiness, and it's something that will change lives, and you know, feed your family, and and um, it will give you a better quality of life. And money should be um, understood. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. I mean, it that's should. that's what I wanted back. Money should be understood because it is the ultimate tool in living on planet Earth. Yeah. Money is right. an incredible tool. And I love money because I know what money can do. I also know what money can do on another spectrum. But for me personally, in my existence, I know what the money that comes to me goes to. Mm -hmm. And it's for a lot, a lot of good. You know, my money is there for good. I love the fact if I can like walk into any restaurant and not even have to pay attention to the price and also leave the biggest tip for the server or the bartender or whatever. Like that's like the kind of tool that I look at to, to, to maneuver through, Mm -hmm. through our, our social life. Yeah. I think, I mean, society, you were not really supposed to talk about money, right? (laughs) It's like, Oh, you know, you don't, we just don't talk about this. It's rude to ask how much someone makes. Well, just anything. There's a negative connotation of you just don't talk about it. Right. Right. right? And I think that energetically that kind of stops the flow of it. Mm When you're just, you know, it's it's a bad word. You don't talk about it. It's rude. It, whatever it is, yeah. it kind of stops the flow of the universe. Saying, yeah. It's like, oh, you're ashamed oh, you of money. Oh, okay, I, I won't give you anymore. Yeah, right. But also, with that being said, you, you got to put in the work. You can. Yeah. I mean, I have. I know I have some some mantras or affirmations around money that I repeat to mm-hmm. myself. But I could sit on my butt and watch Netflix and repeat them all day long. And who knows what will happen, right? But right. if I... I know it will happen. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but That's if I sure repeat those mantras and I get a good um, relationship with money going, and then I step up and do the work, make those phone calls, work in your planner, you know, put the effort toward making the money, then it starts to flow. And then also... This is just personal experience. Right. And then also you got to look at the term work too, which also has a negative condensation on it. Exactly. I love working. Mm -hmm. Working is incredible. And I get money for the work that I do. I love that. A, and I want to keep that going and I want to keep it open. And like you said, I don't want to have any blockages about it. I love being able to have have an opportunity to put in work that I can put in, you know? Writing a song yeah. that may make someone feel better, make me feel better. Um, and all, all of that, like incredibleness, uh, teaching a yoga class, teaching a retreat, any of that, that can up the elevation of anyone around you, you know? And it's a measure. Mm-hmm. It's it's a way to measure if you're successful or not. You mm-hmm. know, do people like what I, I'm creating? Do, do people like this business? Um, if I'm making money, I think they do. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good uh, it's a good thing to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that um, I, man, I don't know, I wasn't really going to share this story. It's kind of, it's a little, <laughs> well, it's the a cat's little out personal. of the bag now, bro. Like, Ooh, it's is about, it in the book? No, it's not in the book. Okay. And it's kind of a personal story, so I might as well just share it then. Well, now, now we're curious. 
So a- another aspect why I wrote this book is because money is very important. And the, the reason why is that, that, you know, it's so important for your family. And I think as a man, at least for me, it's so important to protect and it's so important to uh, provide for my family. I think that's a, just a natural uh, feeling that I have. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to share this story. It's not the it's not the best story I think because you know it kind of makes me f- look like a like a bad dad, and that's the worst thing that I that I want. I don't want anybody to think I'm a bad dad because I really try to be the best that I that I can, and I, you know I try to be the best father and husband that I can. But this story you might think that, um, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna that's, get into okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> so we were having some work at our house done, and I was working in the garage and. During that time, we had this dog, and the dog was our family. You know, it was a family pet. It was, our, mm-hmm. it was part of the family. Mm-hmm. And the dog was kind of getting into where the contractors were doing their work. And so I put the dog by the pool, and we have this baby gate. So it keeps the kids out of the pool, and I put the dog by the by the pool. Dog can swim. He's been out there for, you know, many times in, in the past. And so I'm going about the day, and... I, I'm working in, in the garage, and all of a sudden I hear my wife scream, and she's like, it's, it's like a, a, a different kind of scream, mm-hmm. I, you know, like a, I've never heard this type of scream before, and she's screaming, and I come out of the garage, and I don't know where she is, you know, and I'm looking around, looking around, and I see her, and she's by the pool. Man. <laughs> I shouldn't have shared this story. Okay. <laughs> no, no, let's go on. Okay. Um, so I see her, and and she's you know she's hysterical. She says um, she says our dog's in the pool. Our dog's in the pool. And uh, you know I, I I see I see her dog floating in the pool. And so I go over there, and um, I grab our dog out of the pool, and I, I you know I'm trying to resuscitate. And I'm, and I'm doing everything I can, you know, it's hard to resuscitate a dog. Um, so I'm trying my best and she is just hysterical. My kids come out because they hear all the commotion. They come out and I'm like yelling at them. I'm like, get back in the house, you know, because I don't know, this is like heavy. And, and so I I got my wife is hysterical and my kids, you know, they don't know what's going on. You know, they're, they're like, is our dog okay? Is our dog okay? And I'm like, get back in the house. And I'm trying everything, you know, as the man, I'm really trying to protect and I'm, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm the provider, I'm the protector of the family and I'm trying everything. And there's a time where I, I, um, I just stop, you know, I just stop and, and I, I stand up and I look at my wife and I'm, and I say, I, I, I don't know, I can't do it. You know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I just start, you know, I start, I start crying and right. she starts crying. And, um, <clears throat> the reason why I tell you this story is because that money is, is kind of like the same thing. If you're not able to provide for your family and you're not able to protect your family, that goes a lot deeper than just buying, you know, the fanciest things that you can find. It really goes to a part of who you are. And if I could really, my thought with writing this book is if I can write this book and really give people a, a um, alternative mm-hmm. on how they can support and how they can provide for their family right. so they don't experience anything like that, then I think that I've done a really good job. And, and that's that's one of the motivations because it, hit, it hits hard. If you can't provide for your family, if you don't understand money and you can't, you can't support them, 
um, you feel worthless. And, and that's the way, that's exactly the way that I felt as I felt worthless, like, you know, like a piece of shit, like I can't provide mm-hmm. for my family. And, um, so that's incredible. I mean, taking, you've just made a very, very clear, um, metaphor and to get to that, that place where, you know, that incident took you to and to actually imply it to where you get to a point where you lose hope, um, where you get so disappointed with yourself, where, where nothing in the world seems right. And for anyone to feel that feeling, it's incredibly, incredibly lonely. It's a low place. It's a low, it's not only low, it's lonely. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like the only failure in the world at that moment. And there's so much pressure going on and, and, and you're filled with anxiety and, and your stress is so hard. So for you to have the vision to put out some knowledge to someone um, to avoid that or at least to give them hope if they are going through it currently that's really truly why I just love being a human being on earth it's because we have that amazing connection to want to help in that kind of um, capacity and uh, that story was so heavy hitting and really I'm really, really happy that you shared it with us. Like yeah, that. thank you for yeah. sharing. I didn't know that's how it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a heavy, really heavy experience. Um, yeah, but it it brought me back to you know I think I'm this book and helping businesses. I think it really there's a higher level, and if I can you know help people think about business differently because a lot of people what they do is they make this money and then they hand the money over to a financial advisor or someone else when they could just put that money into their in, in business and build their business in a way where that becomes an asset. And, mm. you know, it's just a different way to think about money mm. and to think about providing for your, yeah. It's a way to different, different way to think about a business. Like we established earlier, like you start a business because you're so passionate about what you're starting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that burnout can come. So if you do go into it with almost kind of like, and this is very yogic, if you come into it with like an unattachment, kind of situation you just know that you want to build this beautiful business that's a passion of yours but you're but you become unattached to it which is not easy but to have that foresight you know someday i hope i can build this business to a certain point that someone is going to want to buy it for a lot of money and then take that idea and make it even better than when i had it yeah you know especially if it's in like the service industry like uh, perfect example the the yoga studio i'm really hoping that they can take it to the next level mm-hmm. and it absolutely makes you know a lot of people hopefully more people happy exactly yeah. exactly mm-hmm. it's it, you know it's in in some aspects it's a legacy you know mm-hmm. building yeah. a business that survives that's a total legacy and being able to tell that story too that you built this business and that you sold it that gives inspiration to other people that they might be able to do the same thing, um, which is so powerful, so yes. powerful. I really believe that use what you got, you know, like use what you got, take your business that you got and make that successful. Don't hand your money over to somebody and some other business that you have nothing to do with. Um, that's the one thing that I like about real estate is that it's a tangible asset. You can touch it, you can feel it, you can maneuver it. 
same with the business. You can mm-hmm. change it. You can change it if you want to, mm-hmm. and you can make it successful. You can make a failing business successful, and maybe that's you know your retirement. Right. Mm, awesome. Really well. So, everyone talks about financial freedom. What is what is that? Ah, uh, financial <laughs> freedom. What does that mean to you? I love financial freedom. <laughs> so, financial freedom. My definition is having cash flow and time to enjoy it. Mm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Because if you're working, you know, 80 hours plus a week on your business it, and you don't have any time for your family or kids or anything that you love to enjoy or going and seeing a pepper show. Then, <laughs> then From the 70s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back to pepper real quick. Um, I didn't really talk about how proud I am um, really of you. And I don't, you don't probably know this, but there's a dedication in the back of the book to the band Pepper um, in the Aloha Money Machine. I did not know this because, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so psyched. I, I can't wait to read this. I have a, uh, I have a, I've had a poster in my office for the last 15 years. That's, that's the Kona Town album. I'm just so proud of, of you, Yasad and Brett and, and the band Pepper. And just, it's just an inspiration to, uh, to me. And I think it's an inspiration to a lot of people, especially from Hawaii that, you know, you can, you can make it, you know, there, yeah. there, there's a, there's a chance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Murph. That, yeah. That's amazing. We um, got to have you on more often. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like I said, I get to hang out with my friend, but um, before we lose, uh, before we lose momentum on what you just said, yeah. this is what hit me the most and time to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because if you are making $80 million a week, but yet, like you said, you're working 28 hours. You didn't say this, but you're working 28 <laughs> hours a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's just like one of those things where it's like, you're right. What is that worth? Right. That's mm-hmm. definitely not worth. I, I, I love money. I welcome it in. But if there is no enjoyment in life, then I would be doing it wrong. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, right. it's, uh, it's so true. It's so true. You, you have to have steady cash flow and how you get that. And, um, what I think is you build a business that produces steady cash flow but you make it in a way where you're not the sole reason the business survives. You delegate and then you can step back mm-hmm. and, and then you use that time for doing what you enjoy and then possibly leaving a legacy. You know, this, right. this book was, um, was such a huge um, accomplishment for me because um, it is part of my legacy and, and it's, uh, I could do the things that I really enjoy, which I really like helping people. I, mm. I really it feels good, yeah. you know. It feels super good, and so if I can, if I can do that more often, and then you know have the flexibility where I can spend with my kids and my wife, and maybe surf every now and again, then I, you know, that's that's a great, great life. That's mm-hmm. a great life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, how do you? How important do you think marketing is for businesses? Marketing is extremely important. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to get the word out, you have to market in the correct way. So there's two aspects, I believe, in marketing. And I go through this through the book. It's mm-hmm. the nine steps to creating the low money machine. But mm-hmm. the one aspect is you got to find out where your target audience is. Mm-hmm. And if you can locate where your target mo- audience is, then hopefully you're not spending a ton of money advertising to a blanket of people. If you can just target to where they are, then you can attract them and be in a location where they're, they're, you know, that's where they are. That's where they are. Yeah. And you can provide the best of you because instead of spreading yourself thin all over the entire globe, you have your radius. Let's just say, right. That really is a concentrated area for you, for your business to grow. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And another aspect for, for marketing is to tell your story. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I mean, I'm the hardest question and the easiest question to answer is, what do you do? You know, the, everyone says you meet someone at a party. Everyone says, what do you do? But it's extremely hard to say that in an efficient way where it really attracts people and gets people interested and motivated to buy your service. So mm-hmm. that's, I think that's a key element to marketing is to clearly explain what do you do? Mm. And so if you can clearly explain what you do to that demographic that would buy your product, then that's that's the key to, to marketing. Mm-hmm. Right. Your focus and your clarity absolutely mm-hmm. know where you're standing and provide a service that could help people. Exactly. In that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And in the book, you talk about your grandfather's business marketing in the 60s. Mm-hmm. How is that? relatable today we have social media and basically right. everything is yeah. right. marketed on social media right. it was not that back then right I, I really think the the fundamentals of marketing is communication mm-hmm. you know it, it, you're communicating social media you're communicating you know at the drive-in movie theater I guess they're big back in the day yeah in, in the, the 70s, 70s. <laughs> when, Pepper was a, when Pepper was you know at the top of the charts yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's really about communication. So if you're able to communicate your message to the right people, then it doesn't matter what platform you're using. You can use social media. You can use face-to-face. You can use your call log that you have on your your daily sheet. That's right. Right. Okay. Right. Right. It's just communicating that message. And that's what it really boils down to. I think a lot of people just get overwhelmed and about social media. You know, what's mm-hmm. how do you do it? What's the videos and what's the algorithms? And... Um, all this stuff and it kind of comes back to you know if you're at a level where you're you're using social media as a lead generation like that's one of the ways that you get business then you should know everything about it but if you're not you should really just focus on communicating to wherever those people are and they might not be on social media they might Mm -hmm. be you know at the grocery store at the yoga studio Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right yeah that's so true so the book is is um, it's actually kind of funny too. <laughs> it, there's some funny there's funny aspects, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it doesn't read like a you know a boring business book that you're going to pull off the shelf. It's 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 a really engaging book. Thank you. Yeah, Thank very you. excited. Yeah, my my goal was to write an entertaining business book, which mm-hmm. there's not a lot of them, and I always love stories, and I think stories are a lot more powerful than spreadsheets. Um, so that's, that was my goal is to write an entertaining, uh, business book and I had to throw some humor in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you always do anyway when yeah. you're just talking to you. So what is, so you're also coaching. Uh-huh. Yeah. What else are you doing here with this? So coaching, business? coaching, and then I do, mm-hmm. um, small scale seminars. So mm-hmm. I'll do like a, um, business kind of strategy, um, seminar. And if you have a business, uh, I'll, I'll give pointers on kind of the next step. Um, I do do uh, phone conversations too. So if, mm-hmm. if you can't make the meeting, then I can do a um, you know 30 minute strategy session, um, which I want to talk to talk to you about later. Mm-hmm. Is that um, maybe you want to talk about that yeah. about the social? Media? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We're gonna have a contest. So Corey's gonna give away a 30 minute phone consultation mm-hmm. um, about about making money. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might want to rig win that. Yeah, I know. I might rig this competition just <laughs> yeah. so I could get that thirty minute. Thirty minute. Thirty minute. 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 Thirty minute. So all you have to do is go to Instagram. So talk about social media again. Mm-hmm. Go to Instagram. Follow the Aloha Money Machine, mm-hmm. and then comment and tag Rebel and Muse. So at Rebel and Muse, and Corey will be choosing one winner at random. I like that. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. 
And another thing, um, social media and, and Target, like all of it, like like you just said, the uh, the yoga studio, they might not be on social media is who your customers are. That's absolutely right. But um, I'm a firm believer now, especially you know now that I'm starting to embrace the technology a little more and stop being so hesitant against it, there is opportunity. Of course there is, but um, there's really like this, almost kind of like this excitement in the the world that we live in now where we can have both and you know we can really have both and and depending on what you want for your business here's another thing too i can easily see really soon in the future if this isn't already in existence a business that is anti-social media mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. anti-social media i can oh yeah it's like anti so we don't do that we're anti-social media no and, i just like the the term yeah like antisocial, antisocial yeah. media. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very yeah. clever. It, yeah. Trademark. You like that? It's possible. Okay. It's <laughs> possible. My yeah. my business coach, uh, Mark LeBlanc, he actually didn't have a website until I think six months ago. And, <laughs> really? And wow. he's extremely successful. <laughs> and how he did it was was word of mouth. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. wow. See exactly antisocial it, it, media. Right. <laughs> right. It's wow. possible. Interesting, man. Cool. Really cool. So. At the end of your book, you talk about how rich grandfather eventually broke the trust of the family. What went down? Oh, man. Wait, wait, wait. We're giving away the end of the book right here, right now? <laughs> well, you got to, all the meaty stuff. You oh, got to buy it and get okay, the meaty okay, stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Here we go then. That's, Tell me. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, that I, we, we kind of briefly talked about it, but I give you the formula on how to build a business until an asset and, and how you do that using the, the Aloha Money Machine formula. My grandfather was incredibly um, incredibly wise, I think. Um, he was actually, I, this is the story, is that he was diagnosed with a learning disability as well. But I don't know if that's true or not, but he was extremely wise and he was extremely successful of turning business around. What he was able to accomplish was just, uh, I mean, just just simply incredible. Um, but although he was really incredible on some things, he was he was not that great as far as a a character, human being as 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 a character, and uh, doing what is right and um, supporting the, the people around you. He mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't a great character of that, and because of that. He actually broke the trust of his family. That's one of the reasons why that we, there's no family business and no mm-hmm. one wanted to um, take on you know any of the businesses. He had you know, over 50 businesses and no one took on any of those businesses because he was very selfish. He was very greedy. Um, he came from a poor mentality and the poor mentality is basically um, scarcity. Mm-hmm. You know, I not abundance. It's Lack. not. A, it's mm-hmm. not abundance. Lack. It's like what's mine is mine and you can't mm-hmm. have it. And right. I'm not, not going to tell you anything about it. Um, the secrets that I learned was through magazines and stories and, um, you know, he's featured on Forbes magazine and all this stuff. So there's a lot of information that I could gather about it. But as far as who he was, he was really money was his main motivation. Mm -hmm. So that was his, that was his whole thing. And I see that a lot. A lot of people, I think really focus if, if, if I get money, then I'll be happier. Or, you know, if I can buy that car, then, oh, that I'm going to be really in good right. shape then. Mm-hmm. And I saw firsthand, I, I built my business and I, my whole intention was that I was going to build a business and then sell it and then do it again. Just mm-hmm. like, just like grandfather, I was going to do it again over and over again. And when I sold my business, I had to step back and say, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I, am I really, is my main purpose to chase money? 
And if so, I'm not happy. Mm. Mm. You know, I sold, my, I sold my business for, you know, a good amount. I could retire mm-hmm. in Mexico for the rest of my life. But, <laughs> you know, not a crazy amount, but a pretty good amount. Right. And I could buy the, the you know, the fancy car and the mm-hmm. stuff that most people want. And it just, it didn't, it didn't make me happy. Right. And so I, I chose a different path and I chose a path to, to help people and write this book. Um, but I tell about that story and, and how my grandfather really missed a huge opportunity to make a difference in the world. And he could have, um, you know, I'm not saying about inheritance, but that would be nice. <laughs> but some money would be nice. Some not, yeah, 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 right, right. That'd be nice. But I'm talking about like a family business or at least the knowledge of a family business. The legacy you were talking legacy. about earlier. The, yeah. the legacy. Because mm-hmm. that will carry on through right. generation to generation. And the book kind of tells the process that, that he's used um, through, you know, through his life. But without that, there, there, would, be no, there would be no formula. Mm. And um, I think that's the great loss that, um, that uh, he, he had in his life. Right. So, I mean, he, he really excelled in the business side. But again, he had all the money, but not really having the opportunity to enjoy it. Exactly. Because that's, what, good with it. that's yeah. what my favorite thing about money is as a tool. And that's why I welcome it so willingly is because I love using money as a tool to not only make me better, but everything around me better. Mm-hmm. So my mindset with money is really stable and collected and focused. And that's really, really good insight and awareness, Murph, that you brought that kind of story into it. Because that is kind of the dark side where if people get too wrapped up in their lack feeling even if they have all the money in the world money having all the money in the world still isn't abundant Mm -mm. abundant is a place where you can just be you know what i feel incredible yeah there's plenty of money but you know what there's plenty of sunshine today there's plenty of leaves on the tree i am i am abundant because everything i'm looking at is abundant Mm -hmm. nature is abundant and whatnot and so you could be you could have 80 100 trillion dollars in the bank come from a place of lack and you still aren't having that abundant feeling. And that blows me away in that sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and how beautiful is it that you've taken all of this information and, you know, knowing what his legacy was mm-hmm. and changing it for yeah. you, your mm-hmm. legacy is going to be using the same information, but with such compassion and changing the world and helping the world. And now your sons and possibly grandchildren will look up to you and mm-hmm. look up to your legacy with you yeah. know such fondness instead of you know you, you got the information from your grandfather but there was this is just like star wars man i love this well, this is just like star wars it's like you got the darth vader figure and then you know like 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 luke comes up really like, calls grandfather darth vader what i was just like saying like, this is just <laughs> rad i'm getting excited about it but that was that was absolutely perfectly said melanie like you are setting an example not only for your sons, but for everyone, right? Like everyone yeah. who wants, like everyone who wants a little more, I would say, uh, confidence in building their business up, mm-hmm. or making money, and like that—that's—that is true abundance. Yeah, and that's uh, true. People, people need to hear this story. They need to hear the story of how to make a business successful, and they also need to hear the story of if you're chasing money exclusively, mm-hmm. you're not going to be happy. It's not going to give mm-hmm. you fulfillment. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not. It's, it happened with my grandfather. He was about as successful as you can get. Right. And he was not happy. He died alone. And wow. uh, it's a it's a sad story. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, part of the reason to, to write this is to tell that story that um, money will, will not buy you happiness. It mm-hmm. won't mm-hmm. It'll buy you something close to happiness, but it won't buy you. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now, I mean, now the name of the book makes perfect sense. Right. Right? Because yeah. you could be a money-making machine and be freaking miserable or and be a jerk can, to everybody. You can be or you can do it with aloha. aloha. Yeah. yeah. Aloha right? I mean, machine. it just has more compassion and love to it. And, you know, like you said, you want to help help the world. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. That's really amazing. Murph, I cannot thank you enough for everything you are. Thank you so, so much. Oh, my pleasure. Oh. You, you guys are such a big inspiration to, to my life. And um, I'm glad that, you know, we're coming at a place where I saw the progress. I saw the progress in Melanie. I saw the progress in Uclaw. I saw the progress of Pepper. I mean, you guys are the real deal. And, the, and all the listeners, this, these people are real. This is how they are on a daily basis. They're genuine. It's like They're the third caring. time I'm almost crying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, well, someone's got to say it. And I think Thank it's, you know, it's a, it's a testament to how great you guys are and um, what you're doing. You're giving back. And I'm, I'm fortunate that I can be in the same situation where I've, I've struggled. I've, I've uh, had some hard times and I grinded and I worked and I sacrificed. And I really think that I'm at a level where I can use the highest and best use of my time by helping people. And um, that's just such an amazing feeling. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah. Well, um, thank you guys so very much. Oh, we what? have, uh, we, we have, have a, more? yeah. So the giveaway that's going to be, oh. so follow again, follow I at, wait, what is it? The Aloha Money Making yes, Machine. Yes, the, the Aloha Money Machine, yes. The yeah. Aloha now, Money Machine. this is old English. It's the, the, the Aloha <laughs> And it's not duh. It's not duh. Oh, it should have been duh. <laughs> so the Aloha Money Machine. Yes. And comment at Rebel and Muse, and he will be choosing one winner. Also, he's yeah. going to be giving away a copy. It's a PDF of his uh, planner that yep. he uses. Yep, you, the daily you've planner. created yep. this, yeah. Yep. Oh, with the call log and everything? Mm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. okay, yeah. awesome. So how do we get the planner? Should they So you can email you? me, yeah. yeah. It's uh, murphspeaks, M-U-R-F speaks at gmail.com. And, or you can go on alohamoneymachine.com and email me. There's a link to email me. Email me. Talk about Rebel and Muse, and then I will send you that free daily planner. That's the planner that I use every day that gets me started. And then I will give one person a 30-minute strategy session for their business to figure out where their business is and what would be the highest and best use of your time for the, for the next level. So I'm happy to do that. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. And I'll have all of this in the show notes. I know that's a lot of, a lot of information with, my, with all the ads and all the social media. So um Anti-social yeah, media. Anti-social. Anti- anti- that is brilliant. I know, right? Wow. Hey, come on. Okay. It, yeah. If I can just share yeah. one last yeah. story. Oh, please bring it, brother. Because I have this this one story. People ask me, you know, what's what is the secret to being successful in business? Mm-hmm. And I always think about, and this is not in the book, and this is another story. I always think about the story of. Do you know Brian from um, Bite Me? And oh yeah, Ka- yeah, yeah, Ka- yeah. absolutely. He uh, they had a restaurant, didn't they? Down they, at the harbor? They had a restaurant. Right, right, okay. So he actually was, um, he was witnessed a shark attack. Oh, I remember this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and uh-huh. it was co- in Koala. Yep. And I was asking him, I, I was asking him, you know, what happened? And he said that he was surfing in Koala, and um, his girlfriend was, was kind of next to him, and all of a sudden this huge explosion of whitewater thrashing 
everywhere. And um, I, apparently his girl girlfriend, you know, dipped under the water for a little bit and then popped back out. Wow. And he swam over to her and he figured out that it was a shark attack. And just, you know, to kind of digress, shark attacks are very uncommon. You got a bigger chance of being killed by a vending machine than you do a, a shark attack. Wow. So vending sh- machines are, are on, on the prowl. Yeah, they definitely are. <laughs> you know, if someone's pulling on the vending right, machine, exactly. it like, falls on them. Uh, <laughs> but sharks are a big part of the ecosystem. So. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we're, we're shark. We're shark friendly. So he's witnessing this shark attack and the shark, he could see the shark and the shark is circling his girl, girlfriend. And um, you could tell that the shark is coming back for another bite. And so he says that he swam down and he, um, he starts punching the shark. And um, the, the shark kind of uh, takes off and then comes back. And he does this a couple times. He says he actually like um, grabbed the shark by the fin and punching the shark. And eventually the shark took off. Um, his girlfriend had, I think she got bit in the arm or the leg, wow. Had, wow. A, had a bunch of stitches. She, 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 uh, she lived, she didn't die and they got back to shore. And so I was asking him, I said, so, well, how do you avoid a shark attack? You know, I surf and I said, well, is there anything that I could have done? And he says, you know, a lot of people talk about if you're by a stream, that's where the sharks hang out. Or if it's night right. or if it's sunset right, or right, right, right. something, that's when the sharks come out. He says, it's a beautiful day. There's no stream. It was just a beautiful day. And he says that if a shark wants to get you, it's going to get you. But the one thing that you can do, and I bring it back to business, is the one thing that you can do to survive is you got to fight. You have to fight. That shark will attack you and it will kill you if you don't fight. And that's what he said. And I really, I bring it back to business. And the one thing that you can do to really survive in business and make it work is you got to fight. There's no substitute. You have to fight. And I encourage the listeners and people that have a business that you put in the work, you put in the sacrifice and you fight for what you want because your family deserves it. You deserve it. And let's just face it. Your neighbors deserve it because they need a good example of someone that is successful. Mm. You're a great storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) love it. Really (laughs) awesome. Heavy, heavy, uh, Heavy stories there. So yeah. Sorry about that. No, no, no don't be great. sorry about that. This is this is the platform. Yeah. Oh, Thank all right. You so Thank much you so much for Murph. sharing all of your wisdom. My pleasure. And um, we'll put everything in the show notes. Yep. The Aloha Money Machine. All right. Yes.